Hey everybody, I'm your host Gene Marks and this is season two of the Paychecks Business Series podcast. As you know, I'm a certified public accountant and a regular business columnist for a bunch of publications you may know, like The Guardian and The Hill, Forbes, Entrepreneur, and the Philadelphia Inquirer. But most importantly, I'm a small business owner of a financial and technology management services company. I've teamed up with Paychecks, the leading provider of human resources, payroll, benefits, and insurance services to bring you real-life stories and advice from real-life business owners and experts. Last season, we talked about the challenges associated with COVID-19, and this season, we're focusing on moving forward, innovating, and navigating the road to recovery. My special guest today uh, is Congresswoman Nidia Velasquez, who's currently serving her 14th term as representative for New York's 7th Congressional District. Uh, She is currently the chairman of the House Small Business Committee. Uh, She has served twice as Small Business Committee chairman from 2007 to 2011. And then again, she took the helm in 2019. So Congresswoman Velasquez, thanks so much for joining me. My pleasure. Thank you for having me, Jean. Sure. So not to make you feel old, but you've been in Congress for about 100 years, it seems. And you've been chairman (laughs) of this committee uh, for quite some time. And and first of all, I just want to get your thoughts a little bit on the Small Business Committee. I, you know, the, the good news that I understand about this committee and the people that I've talked to on it is that it is one of the more bipartisan committees, if you can believe it, uh, in Congress. I mean, is, is that true? And, and if, can you tell us a little bit about what the committee does? It is, uh, Jean, and thank you for having me. Uh, look, uh, when it comes to small business issues, there's no Republican or Democratic approach. We need to be concerned about creating a climate um, as a result of uh, the policies that we pass in the committee that is conducive for small businesses to do what they do best, and that is creating jobs uh, and growing our economy. So the Small Business Committee is the voice for small businesses, and uh, we take that job and that responsibility quite seriously, not only in terms of the uh, oversight uh, uh, roles that we have, but also in listening to uh, stakeholders. We conduct uh, roundtables, we do uh, hearings, and we bring in every small business in every industry so that they could share with us uh, the good and the bad things. And, and then we come together and trying to craft legislation to address some of the issues that small businesses are, are confronting in our economy. Very good. And there are a lot of issues, obviously, that we're, we're dealing with right now. So let's dig into them because I do want to get your thoughts and advice on some of these things. Now, first of all, um, I, you know, we are going to talk about the stimulus, which as we're speaking right now is still being negotiated and hopefully finalized. But um, Congresswoman Velasquez, in, in, I live in Philadelphia. Um, you know, if you walk around Center City, Philadelphia right now, it is, it's pretty depressing. I mean, a lot of stores have been shut down. Uh, restaurants are not allowed to serve indoors uh, and outdoors. They're trying, but it's winter in Philadelphia. So, uh, you know, there's rumors that similar things will happen in New York, you know, in, in your home city. And I, you know, and obviously there's been shutdowns of other small businesses around the country. What do you say, what are your thoughts uh, and advice to small business owners that are suffering shutdowns? They're not allowed to continue with their businesses. There's, you know, obviously there's, there's good reasons why, but they're suffering economically. Um, what are your thoughts on the shutdowns? 
Well, look, I, I was just in Philadelphia, maybe, um, well, uh, around October, mm -hmm. and uh, I saw what you are seeing today. And the same is true here in New York City and in rural America, inner cities and rural America, where so many businesses has been impacted uh, by COVID-19. And, and one reality uh, that we see from COVID-19 is the uneven impact of COVID that has not only been limited to um, healthcare outcomes, but economic outcomes. And so whatever we do going forward in terms of PPP and other relief assistance, we need to take into account that, especially in underserved minority communities, female business owners, they are suffering. Close to 40% of black uh, businesses have been shut at their doors. So um, this the, the pain is real. Mm -hmm. And the bottom line is that we need to get something done for the American people and small businesses are a huge piece of the uh, economic recovery. So we need to act before uh, it is too late for so many businesses in our country. You know, you mentioned minority businesses and the statistics have shown that uh, so many minority businesses failed to get PPP funding and other stimulus help, um, you know, way, way less of a percentage than non-minority businesses. Why do you think that is? And what do you think, not only the government, but, but what do you think business owners themselves can be doing to make sure that they get the money that's, that, that, that they can be able to get, particularly if there's another round of PPP? Uh, Jean, uh, we never expected for this pandemic uh, to be here today. Uh, we thought when we were uh, debating the bill back in March that it will last, uh, by, that this pandemic will be under control by the summer. And uh, here we are so many months uh, later. Let me say that from the start, I have fought to ensure that the PPP and IDLE programs are reaching the hardest heat uh, and smaller of the small businesses. So what I'm saying is we need to understand that in the first tranche of money that we roll out, those businesses with pre-existing relationship with banks were able to secure for the most part those loans. Mm -hmm. And so business, minority businesses and female businesses uh, who didn't have pre-existing relationship with the banks even though they tried very hard, because I have to tell you, we were getting phone calls in my district offices. I have three uh, uh, district offices in my district and in Washington, my staff, they were getting calls, not only from the district, from across the country. The members were calling me. The, the businesses in my district had not been able to secure or to get a phone back, a, a call back, from the banks that they were um, that were making these loans. So this is why in, a, in another round of PPP, not only do we have to address the fact that businesses who were able to secure a first loan are still struggling, 
And uh, we are proposing a second round uh, for those, um, a second loan for those fares, for those businesses that secure a first loan, but cannot be at the expense of providing uh, the tools for minority businesses in underserved community to be able to access um, those type of loan. So um, we propose setting aside uh, uh, $60 billion back in March and in, back in May for minority businesses and women-owned businesses and to bring in uh, mission-based lenders mm -hmm. uh, like uh, FDIC, right. uh, MDAs, CDCs, micro lenders, because these are the these financial institutions, these uh, mission-based lenders have deep relationships with those businesses in our local communities. Okay, let's turn to liability protection. Um, you know, as part of this next round, and it's still being negotiated. Um, you know, whether or not there, there will be included some protection for businesses, big and small. And, you know, obviously the idea, and this is for, for my audience listening, uh, you know, the idea is that if somebody walks into your place of business and, you know, contracts COVID, uh, they could potentially sue you. A lot of insurance companies don't provide uh, coverage for this. Um, you know, on the GOP side, they believe that, um, you know, that that's inhibiting business. So they want to you know, have the, you know, the, the government stand up and provide that protection. Um, whereas, you know, on the Democrat side, they're like, hey, listen, you know, you operate a safe business and we don't think the taxpayers should pay, uh, you know, because if, if you know, for, for your own liabilities, if you're not operating safely. So what are your thoughts on liability protection, Congresswoman Velasquez? Do you think it should be part of this new stimulus? Um, and and what, what advice do you have? Look, what, what I'm saying is that the best way for businesses to limit uh, their liability is by protecting workers and customers from the virus. And, and that is fair. And this is why uh, we, as part of the PPP, we included uh, language that will um, allow for those loans to be used to cover expenses of PPP, of PPE. Uh, and, and also, look, the best resource is to have consumer confidence that they feel safe, um, that there's security and safety in their mind, a peace of mind that when they walk into a restaurant, that they will be protected. So um, this is the kind of thing that I will not be able to support uh, when it comes to um, uh, legislating broad legal community, uh, broad legal immunity for businesses. So um, it, the best way that business is the recognition that we all have a responsibility to provide a safe environment. Turning, uh, turning now to a new administration, um, President-elect Biden will be taking office in January of 2021 and you know you know you know, you know during the election period his his opponents have positioned him as somebody that has certain policies that um would negatively impact small businesses um so i, I want and i'm sure you've had some of your constituents bring that up to you as well what do you respond to small businesses that say hey you know uh we're going to have a president biden who's going to there's going to be more regulations more taxes more uh you know more rules that we're going to have to deal with 
What are your responses to that? Well, that, that is not true. Uh, those are political points uh, by, by other people. He made it clear that those, um, that those who are making $400,000 or less will not be taxed. Uh, when we look at the average uh, income of a small business, it's, it's around $80,000. Uh, so, and then in terms of regulations, look, if we have made it very clear is the fact that for us, for Democrats, small businesses cannot be an afterthought, that we need to understand how regulations and legislation that we have may have unintended consequences on small businesses. So what we need to have is direct access to the administration and to the agencies to explain for them how can we uh, protect consumers, protect small businesses, but at the same time, make every effort to listen to small businesses. We have uh, the small business uh, panels that uh, meet around the country every time that we are going, we are considering uh, regulations. And the agencies have a responsibility to provide panels that will go around the country and will listen to small businesses. So that is the way to go. We don't have uh, to um, say, okay, we are not going to do any, any regulations. Uh, because it's going to have an impact on small businesses. No, we need to do what is right, and that is to listen to them, to assess the economic impact that those legislation will have on small businesses before we issue them. So let's let's talk about some of that potential legislation. Like, for example, minimum wages. Um, what are your thoughts on a national you know, minimum wage increase to as high as $15 an hour and how that would impact small businesses? Well... So the, the Biden plan uh, to increase the federal minimum wage to 15 will raise the standard of living for millions of workers across the United States. And it will increase demand for small business products by putting more money into consumers' pockets. I don't think that by increasing the minimum wage to 15, will drive consumers uh, to buy second homes. Uh, they will go to the grocery store. They will go to the malls to buy clothing for their children. So we need to understand that Congress has not raised the minimum wage in almost in, in a decade. So in 2019, the House passed a bill to raise the minimum wage uh, with bipartisan support. So this move is long overdue. We know that surveys have been conducted in 2020 that show a minority of small business owners thought increases to the minimum wage had harmed their business. So an increased minimum wage will also help small businesses deal with the issues like employee retention and turnover cost. Jean, every time that we conduct a hearing in the small business committee, people don't complain about taxes. What they complain is the difficult time that they have in not only hiring skilled workers, 
but retaining those workers. So this is a way that will enable small businesses to be able that after investing money to train those workers, uh, to have the peace of mind that they will stay in those jobs. Now, President-elect Biden also supported uh, legislation in California uh, that was known as the AB5 legislation. This was the uh, independent contracting, change in the independent contracting rules there. That was contested and actually won by some of the big, um, you know, you know ride-sharing firms like Uber and Lyft. But, you know, the, the legislation itself, I mean, effectively, you know, takes people that are independent contractors and if employees are using them really to generate revenue, you know, to build them out for their time, uh, they would be considered to be employees of the company. And, um, you know, a lot of businesses had a problem with that. Uh, a lot of independent contractors also had issues with that. They wanted to, they didn't want to be employees. Where do you, do you, you know, where do you stand, Congresswoman Velasquez, on, on independent contracting rules? Do you agree with, you know, with, with what happened in California? Do you think that the rules should be changed and uh, you have to provide more benefits for independent contractors? I do. Um, and uh, I think that that is an issue that we might have before us. And I want to use the committee uh, to do uh, the kind of um, uh, research and, uh, and work uh, to bring every, all the stakeholders uh, to the table and listen to them and uh, provide that opportunity. And so we were able to create a wealth of information and, and to have a, a, at the end of the day, to make a decision that is based on the facts uh, and, the, and, and the research. What, what is it that the research uh, tell us? I would like to see how it's working in California and how could that uh, have an impact on um, the committee's uh, work regarding this issue. Turning to healthcare, Congresswoman Velasquez, uh, we know that, that President Biden, when he does take office, plans to reverse many of President Trump's executive orders, particularly some of them having to do with health care, such as uh, you know, uh, the uh, you know, association health plans, as well as skinny plans that were allowed under the Affordable Care Act. And I wonder where you stand on the Affordable Care Act as it affects small businesses. Uh, you know, he, you know, President like Biden wants to bring back fully, you know, all of the, you know, to restore all of the requirements of the act, including the individual mandate. Uh, and even healthcare reimbursement accounts could potentially be in jeopardy under that. So, uh, you know, what would you say to small business owners when, when you hear of these plans? Do you think that this will have a positive or negative impact on the premiums that they pay and the benefits that they're providing for their, for their employees? So the fact of the matter, Gene, is uh, that President Trump spent four years uh, saying that he was working on a plan, on a health care plan. He wanted to repeal the Affordable Care Act. Uh, we took in Congress close to 62 votes uh, to dismantle ACA. And at the end of the day and his administration, there's nothing that he could show uh, regarding a comprehensive plan to address one of the most fundamental issues that working families and uh, small businesses in our country are facing as it relates to healthcare. So let me just say this, the uninsured rate for small business employees fell by almost 10% points thanks to the ACA. So we need to, uh, 
to look at ways where we could encourage and incentivize small businesses to provide a uh, Affordable Care Act and, um, and look at the tax credit and how is that working, what, what else we can do. But what I can say is this, the Biden administration's plan uh, to protect and build on the ACA should provide vital protections for Americans' health and continue to lower the number of uninsured people in our country. But we need to look uh, and assess where we are as it uh, relates to uh, small businesses. What else we can do to incentivize uh, small businesses to provide ACA to uh, their workers? So, you know, during the course of, of President Biden's campaign, uh, there was a lot of rhetoric about big corporations, uh, Amazon, big box retailers, others like it. Uh, there are some that be, feel that big companies um, are, have an unfair playing, unfair playing field when it comes to dealing with small businesses. Uh, then again, there are many others that believe that those companies provide revenues and their employees provide commerce for these small businesses. I mean, people... Uh, that that you know uh, you know, make pizzas and and dry cleaning shops uh, that serve those companies. So, I guess you know, Congresswoman Velasquez, what is what are your thoughts on um, on on big corporations versus small businesses? Is it an unfair an unfair playing field? Do you think that you know legislation or something needs to be done to make it more equitable or to give small companies more of a chance to compete? So, as you know, Jean, uh, the Judiciary Committee, under the leadership of uh, Congressman um, Cellini, David Cellini, conducted uh, a, a lot of uh, work on this area of unfair practices by big tech companies. I myself, here, uh, we held a hearing in my committee where we invited Google, uh, Facebook, um, all these uh, um, uh, tech companies. And we have been hearing from small businesses how um, they, they, there are unfair practices by this big tech. They provide their, their platform to conduct for small businesses to conduct businesses. But then when they say we are providing free advertisement, if you don't pay, you are not seen. And so, and in many instances too, when a small business is selling, is using uh, that platform and they are selling certain products, all of a the sudden they see Amazon or some of the other companies producing the same products that these businesses were advertising. So I am not against big companies. What I'm, what I'm saying is we need to respect uh, uh, antitrust laws and, and we need to get regulators to enforce those laws so that we protect small businesses. So what we are advocating for is a fair playing field, a level playing field for small businesses to be able to strive in this country. Congresswoman Velasquez, you've been in you know, Congress for a number of years. You served as a committee chair for a number of years. You've interviewed hundreds, if not thousands, of small businesses um, and met them. And you know, I, 
I got it. I'm kind of curious, based on your experience of dealing with all these businesses, let's assume one day you get out of Congress um, and you want to start up your own business. Um, I'm kind of curious, what, what businesses have interested you the most? What would you do if you were no longer in Congress? Well, look, I have certain skills um, that I could put into use. And that is, a, I, I am a great cook. I love not only gourmet uh, food, but also uh, the relationship between farms and, uh, you know, food security in our country and all those related issues. Um, but I love also um, teaching. And so I don't know yet, um, but I do know that I have, I, I've been empowered throughout the years by the type of information that will make my life easier if I decided to go into uh, creating a, a small business. I know where to go. I know what type of resources are out there and things like that. And that is what we need to do. Um, you know, I, I, I expect to see, for example, an SBA under President uh, Biden that will focus on equity and prioritize and even recovery for all small businesses. So part of that is how do we empower some of the stakeholders that have a role to play in making sure that people have access to affordable capital, that people have access to information that will empower them to make certain decisions. Congresswoman Nidia Velasquez, currently serving her 14th term as representative for New York's congressional district uh, in the 116th Congress. She is the chairwoman of the House Small Business Committee. Uh, we, she has served as chairwoman from 2007 to 2011 and then again in 2019. Congresswoman Velasquez, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, your insights were great. And I wish you best of luck in this next term. Thank you. Thank you, Gene, for having me. For more great podcast episodes from the Paychex Business Series podcast and other information to help you run your business, please visit paychex.com forward slash works. That's W-O-R-X. I'm Gene Marks. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you again soon. This podcast is property of Paychex Inc. 2020. All rights reserved.